Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for showing up on and, and listening to us. I've got my friend Micah who works with me out at the mission. His dad is also part-time chaplain out there, full-time pastor as well, so he's a busy guy. Uh, last week, I talked to Mike. I, I didn't get to sign off by thanking him, so I got to thank him now mm-hmm. that I appreciate him taking the time to come down here. Course, yeah. And so uh, he is a young man that is, well, you can see God's hand on him in every way that he does. And, you know, I think that it's an amazing thing because his father is just as on fire as Mikey is, and they are different personalities, but they can still walk down that same path together. And I'm sure growing up, mm-hmm. you probably had your differences with oh, yeah. your dad. Yep. But as we grow older and start to see the wisdom of our fathers mm-hmm. and our fathers start to see us in a whole different light than just being my kid, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. That uh, that I'm sure you guys have some pretty good theological discussions. Oh, yeah. You may not always agree with him either, uh-huh. but, yeah. but yeah. that's what a discussion is about, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I, I have met his sisters. They're very, uh, they are faithful women as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let me ask you a question. You were uh, talking about teaching in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so Micah, by the way, in case you weren't here last week, Micah works in our development department. He does a good job there. He works with Eileen and uh, he and Marissa also do music for us on our Friday morning chapel service, and they do they do a phenomenal job. They really do. But over and above that, there was an opportunity not well not a huge long time ago for him to actually come and get to teach a class. Mm-hmm. And so teaching that class, I don't know that there's much better way for us to learn than when we have to teach, yeah, right? Yeah. So how's that mm-hmm. look for you? What do you do when you're going to teach a class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, to prepare, so what I decided to do, um, I was teaching pretty regularly in the classroom for a while, just when we weren't, we didn't have as many chaplains as right. we do now. Um, and so I just decided to uh, teach what I know. Like That's a good place to start. Um, yeah. Don't try and like uh, teach something that you need to do all this in like super in depth like you've never even studied before do do what you know um and that's a, that's a huge comfort as you go into the classroom it's right. just uh, you know I've done this before I know what it says you know you can be confident in that and so I had also been going through first peter with my uh youth group at my church and so I decided okay I'll just do uh first peter in the classroom mm-hmm. and so just going through that uh, verse by verse was really cool um I, ch- I take it in sections, obviously, um, and uh, emphasizing the main point of the text and how it applies to them today. And uh, that's that's kind of the process I took was just um, going, you know, line by line, um, expositionally. And and actually, I I like to do that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to your point, lately, I got I came back to a way that I used to do it. I didn't used to have a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe a line here or a line there just to keep me, remind me where yeah. I was going. Yeah. But when you do it line by line, you're familiar with the book, you're mm -hmm. familiar with commentaries on yeah. it. Yeah. And those things have been in your heart. Mm -hmm. And so you can come out and then it leaves room for the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to speak through you yeah. because yeah. you hadn't intended to say that. Yeah. So Micah even preached at the mission before, mm -hmm. and I watched him. And just so you know, I had only one comment. You remember what it was? Uh, to look around more. Yeah, look around at everybody, catch yeah. everybody's eyes so nobody feels yeah, left out. Exactly. But uh, Micah is well-studied, mm -hmm. he's well-informed, and even more importantly than all of those things combined, mm -hmm. he's a lover of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know what? I don't care how sharp you are. I don't care how much you've studied the book. I don't know. I don't care if you're the greatest speaker in the whole entire word, world. If you're going to lift up the Bible and do it, you better be a believer and you better be walking with Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So what are any of the challenges that you have seen when you're teaching men in the classroom? Yeah, that's a really good question. Mainly because um, I... I wanted to make it discussional for the for the classroom. And I want to I want to get them involved and them ask questions and be comfortable with that. Um, but it's also you don't want to go down rabbit trails, and that's probably the hardest thing. When and they'll teaching. try to draw you. Yeah, exactly. They will ask the most random questions, and they'll bring up the most random verses that have nothing to do with whatever you're teaching. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, if you want to ask me after class, go ahead. But right now, we're gonna stick to you know what we're doing. And so, yeah, just like keeping control of the room um, is something I learned to do. Um, and, yeah, just not, not going off on rabbit trails because, you know, I came prepared for a certain thing, and this is what you guys need right now. So, Well, and, you know, just so you guys know, <clears throat> you've all probably been in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. And our guys, you know, it's a little different situation. So when you're teaching a class, what he means by getting them involved in it is – You'll start to lose guys if it is just a lecture yeah, yeah. because they'll drift off on you. They Their attention span goes down. And by the way, that happens in a church yeah. too. So don't I'm not just laying this yeah. on our guys. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when you have learned the art of drawing people in and they're involved in it, mm -hmm. then they're more awake. Yeah. They're listening because then they've got, okay, if he asks me something or if, or if I want to contribute, I got to know what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> to get them involved means that they're going to be listening better, learning better. And do you ever have the opportunity when you're teaching somebody in a in Philippians that you know well that you mm -hmm. actually learn something maybe from them? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I definitely learn a lot of. Uh, like from the program guys, you, I definitely learn a lot from them. Um, but it's also the it can be again going down rabbit trails because they have all come from yes. different, way different theological ways to think. Like they, the way the way they think is can be so wrong at times. It feels like you have to untangle this giant web. And you um, do sometimes yeah, have to do exactly, just that. Exactly because they'll say things in the class that aren't necessarily true, and then everyone else in the class has now heard that. And now they're all discerning in their own minds whether it's right or wrong, and they may not know what's wrong. So now you have to, you know, make sure that's clear to everyone else. And so uh, it's also so that's another kind of struggle in the classroom is just making sure everyone is kind of on the same page about 
what other people say, not only what you say. Yeah, otherwise you're tacitly mm-hmm. endorsing yeah. what exactly. he just said, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. And to your point, in a church, we usually have people that have come because they've been recommended by other people mm-hmm. or they're of that denomination. They basically know they may not be perfectly theologically sound, mm-hmm. but they have a cursory understanding, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas with our guys, they may come from a background of Jehovah Witness mm-hmm. or Mormon or some other uh, thing that we absolutely have to, do, you yeah. know, kind of divide that so yeah. they understand yeah. that this is not what we're talking exactly. about, right? Yeah. And so if you get somebody trying to lead you down there, mm-hmm. and then, of course, there's always one guy that asks you a question that is really deep, mm-hmm. and you you don't have an hour to spend yeah. with him, right? Yeah. And so you have to give him, and I like the way you said that, because that's how I've always done it, too. Well, we're talking about whatever it is. Let's yeah. say Philippians. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Philippians 3 right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be happy to answer that question for you, or, or you know, and I'll get back to you later. But right now, yeah, yeah. guys, we need to stay on yeah, topic yeah. and be kind and gentle while mm-hmm. you're doing it. Yeah. Although sometimes it can be frustrating, mm-hmm. huh? yeah, definitely. Especially after you've got like the sixth question yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is still not on topic, yeah. Yeah. and you've prepared. And that's another thing people don't understand: you can't just unload. Everything that you learned, mm-hmm. yeah. everything you were planning to teach, so you've got you've got forty eight minutes of yeah. perfectly timed stuff, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So now you've got twenty eight minutes that you've done of your forty eight minutes or whatever the mm-hmm. amount is, and it can be frustrating because you work hard on those things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if we get frustrated, we need to understand. That teaching these men isn't for our glory, yeah, it's yeah. for God's, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and that's that's like a big encouragement, is like because you see, you know, program guys come and go, yeah. and it's like if you're if you're if your hope is all in that whatever you say works for them and like God uses it at that time, then like that's going to be really discouraging as they you know come and go. Uh, but if your hope ultimately is that Christ is glorified, uh, yeah. then when you teach it, he's being glorified at that moment right? by you. And just the proclamation of his, of his word going out and into their ears is glorifying to him. That's and right. that's the ultimate goal, not so much that they respond to it at that time. Well, that's the hope. That's not where we put our all of our hope in. No, um, I have. I think I've told you, maybe I haven't. When I first got there 18 years ago, and I didn't really expect, you know, I hadn't dealt with homeless people. Mm-hmm. I'd been volunteering there for years, but you come down once a month for yeah, 12 or 13 years, doesn't yeah. equip you to deal with them every day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm there, and at the time I only had one chaplain, and so I was doing a lot of stuff. And you have a hope in this guy. He's really responding. I've really gotten through to him. And then he walks off the program or he goes and gets high. And you're just, I would sit in my office after work thinking, what am I even doing? Until you can come across, and every pastor needs to know this, every believer of Christ actually needs to know, regardless of what I say or do, Mm -hmm. it is not on me to bring that guy into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
It's it's the Holy Spirit to draw them. And that doesn't mean we don't have a huge responsibility to teach and preach things correctly, but why are we doing it? And you just said it. Whose glory are we doing this for? And if you're not going to take, let's say you are doing it for the glory of God. If you're doing it for the glory of God, then don't take the guilt trip about somebody who fails. Pray for them. Be sad that they did that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if God's going to get the glory, then it's God that has the consequences, right? Yeah. I think a lot of the time, too, God uh, intentionally, like, doesn't show us the fruit of our ministry until maybe even years later. And that's, like, to keep us humble, I think. Um, Just him... Uh, just even even the the fruit that we that may be uh, right. being seen in other people's lives, we don't see personally because God desires that we uh, continue to be humble as opposed to see you know the fruit of our ministry. Well, and you know what? That's absolutely correct. Because I think that if we were just uh, literally just yeah. you know knocking it out of the yeah. ballpark every time. Uh, we would be, we would start maybe to get full of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Paul said that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, I've he's given me this this thorn in the flesh, mm-hmm. and I've asked him three times, and he hasn't done it. Why? Mm-hmm. What did Paul say? Mm-hmm. So that you know, basically, he didn't get puffed up. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. and he had every right to be. Yeah. yeah. As far as human effort goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, after my wife died, uh, I did some sermons after that, and they were, I did quite a few, but Mm -hmm. I was really unhappy with all of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? I just, well, I felt disjointed, you know, and then, so now, uh, just like at the church that I serve in, you know, I'm teaching expositionally. Mm -hmm. I let those things come in. I'm trusting in the Lord, doing this study beforehand, and then leaving all the consequences to God. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And besides, you don't know that the worst sermon you ever preached, you might have said something right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that God gave yeah. you. Yeah. And it and it made somebody think. Mm-hmm. So but it doesn't mean we shouldn't there was I don't know who it was, had said three things. oh, it was Professor Wilmington at Liberty University, I took a lot of my stuff through Liberty. Mm -hmm. He said, I always find if I'm not studied up, Mm -hmm. prayed up, and uh, rested up, I'm in trouble. And I think that's true. Mm -hmm. You don't want to come flying up to the pulpit. You've studied, you've prayed, but you didn't get enough rest, so you're tired. You know, I I think you do need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I was talking to Alistair Begg, Mm -hmm. who had come in for, you know, KFIA. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a really nice guy. And so I got several times a chance to talk to him. Would he know me? No, probably not from Adam. (laughs) But that's not the point. And I said, you know, Alistair, you you really, you kind of got me. He said, how so? And no, I'm not going to do the accent. I said, he said, how so? I said, well, you were talking about men that feel they're all that, and they step up to the pulpit, mm-hmm. 
And they just figured they can throw open their Bible and they could just, you know, do a sermon. And he said, well, you know, he asked how that applied to me. And I said, well, I try to study during the week. I was bivocational. And I said, but sometimes, man, it's Sunday morning. I get up at 6 o'clock and I've got to leave by 9. And so I've got three hours that I can finish trying to put this sermon together. And he said, and you'd have to see how animated he gets with things. He said, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a man who's up at 6 o'clock trying to finish off a sermon he's been working on whenever he could the week before. I'm talking about a guy that just thinks he's all that, and he just gets up and no preparation, no prayer or anything. He said, you're not the guy I'm talking about. I was, uh, I said, thanks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So when you've stepped up to the pulpit or you've stepped up to teach, have you ever felt unprepared? Yeah, a lot. Um, most of the time, almost. Um, yeah, that's one thing that going to seminary, that like gave me a greater appreciation for what my pastor does every week. Because yeah. like, when I <laughs> prepare a sermon, I've got like usually a month or more to prepare. Uh, but he's doing it every single week. Like that's that's insane to me. And still doing chapel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And still meeting with people. Still discipling. Still leading Bible studies. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, but it but it always causes me to rely on God more. Like that's what yeah. seeing our insufficiency to preach. Uh, we are we are imperfect people who preach a perfect message. Like how are we gonna do that? You know for um, you know for the best way. And it's by constantly relying on God. Like that's the only hope uh, that we can have as we as we preach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you can prepare all you want and not be faithful, and mm-hmm. you're gonna. It's yeah. it, it might fool a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's not going to fool God, and it's not going to fool His elect. Yeah, it just isn't going to work like that. You know, somebody said in the secular world years ago, you can fool. Some of the people, some of the times, and all of the people. No, you can fool some of the people all of the time. And all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time, right? So I think that people can see through a mask or Mm -hmm. a charade, and at least for the most part. Now, I've watched a couple of guys on TV, and no, not every TV preacher is bad. Mm -hmm. But I've watched a couple of preachers on TV that really shouldn't be up before the pulpit. And some of the things they say, you go, what? Where did you get that? Wait a minute. Is there another book I'm not familiar with in my Bible? I I just got the 66 of them, but apparently you must have a different one. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely learned in seminary a lot, too, is um, we're not not preaching anything different anymore. Like, everything that, you know, commentaries are helpful because it's people who have— put their entire lives to studying scripture, helping you make sure you got it right. And so, but I think so many people just want to have something new and they want to think that, oh, I, I read scripture and I found something different that you now need to. And so they, they have this draw of it being new um, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to just, you know, I mean, the word of God hasn't changed. And so, well, one of the guys, and I can't remember which one, but one of the ones that you and I have probably listened to he said it this way, if you're studying for a sermon and you discover something new in there, mm-hmm. 
and has nobody else has before, yeah. he said, I can tell you you're wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because deep, deep theologians mm-hmm. have studied this book, and you think that you're going to come up with some brand new angle yeah. on it? Yeah. Well, you might come up with a brand new angle, but it's going to be yeah, wrong. exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I try to listen to some pretty good guys out there preaching. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've... Well, yeah, you, you told me you listened to Vody Bachum. Yeah, he's very good. Bachum, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like him. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he can be funny. He can mm-hmm. be all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like with every preacher, I don't know that I agree with everything, but yeah. so far, pretty much, yeah. you know, I, I like the guy. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to R.C. Sproul, uh He's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Not sometimes uh, he laughs when I'm not sure why he's laughing, yeah. but yeah. but I have the deepest of rest. He's yeah. gone home to be with the Lord, but you know, so you can get and you can get from any good, good uh, biblical preacher. You can get different perspectives mm-hmm. on how you think, yeah. but you won't find something brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. maybe a, a new way to explain it yeah. or, but. Or a new illustration or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But that's not, the text isn't changing based off of that. No. And all the good teachers, I don't hear anything ever from them. You know, sometimes, like I said, I'll think, hmm, I didn't really think yeah. of that. Yeah. But yeah. you will see, especially if, if you're reading commentaries, you see over the centuries, you'll still see a common theme mm-hmm. of truth that yeah. wraps through it all right mm-hmm. yeah. but um and it's amazing uh i, I have when i was stir- first doing it i was reading some commentaries i didn't really realize that the guy was a puritan mm-hmm. okay. yeah. <laughs> and i thought it was more he was more up to date mm-hmm. you know it was just in one of the commentaries yeah. and then matthew henry and then oh, I found okay, out yeah. that Matthew Henry is, yeah. you know, yeah. so, but that, see, the truth didn't change. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Spurgeon says things sometimes, again, sometimes it's it's a little different, and I don't always agree yeah. with that, but yeah. uh, still, his truth is truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. matter of fact, I still use that thing about lust. Uh, Spurgeon, I believe, said, Lust is like a bird that lands in your hair. You can't help it if a bird lands in your hair, but you can sure make sure he doesn't build a nest yeah, up there. Yeah, that's really good. And so you have uh, you look at somebody and uh, and there's a flash of attraction or lust or whatever you want. You turn around, you turn your head, mm-hmm. you ask for forgiveness, you do those things. That's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you sit there and dwell on it, yeah, exactly. that for sure is your fault, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, we have one minute. Anything you'd like to say? Oh, yeah, just thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to serve at the mission with you. Um, and, yeah, just love love what we're seeing at the mission right now with the chaplains that we have and how they're so Christ-centered, which is, Amen. which is so cool. Yep, and I agree with you, and I'm glad that you're at the mission too. And to your point, our chaplains at the mission are all biblically centered. And by that, I don't mean that they basically have a core. They're right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And we all believe in the inerrant word of God, mm-hmm. and we believe that it is the transformative power. That's why 
we are now, we have a whole different program that we're doing. There's no 12 steps left for us. Mm -hmm. So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.